My name is Ed Padgett, and welcome to episode one of Your Lifestyle is Your Medicine. This is the podcast where we're going to get into the true mind, body, spirit, or as I like to say, matter, mindset, and mojo. And I'll go into detail of what I mean by that shortly. But before I do that, I want to just introduce myself. So I'm originally from the UK and educated in a, as a sports scientist and an osteopath. After that, moved to Canada for 15 years, where I was one of the first osteopaths to be in the state of Alberta, and ended up working for the Canadian Olympic teams. Now, from there, I actually got to a point where everything was going great in my career, family was great, couple of kids, picture-perfect house, but I wasn't practicing what I was preaching. I was telling people to perhaps think about their life choices, perhaps uh, de-stress slightly by doing less work or, or uh, acknowledge the fact that the, the paths they have chosen in life were responsible for some of their health conditions. Meanwhile, I was pulling 60, 70 hour weeks, trying to juggle uh, a business, trying to juggle my kids, trying to juggle relationships. And I realized that I wasn't doing myself any favors. In fact, I was the classic health expert, extolling advice to people, but not listening to my own words. So an opportunity came to sell everything, house, business, like everything I owned and moved to Central America, to Nicaragua. It's currently where I am now, surfboards in the background, the parrots you might be able to hear, the sun is shining. And that was four years ago. And since then, my health has improved, my quality of life has improved, and I'm generally enjoying things. So I wanted to talk to you about why I'm doing this podcast. And this is interesting because this podcast can cover a huge breadth of material. We can call it lifestyle medicine because as the, the tagline says, your lifestyle is your medicine. I wanna show people by interviewing experts in their fields, what that means. So for example, if we take matter, physical matter, we can look at the biomechanics of a person. We can look at why they have back pain, why it hurts when they move, what goes wrong with sitting too long? What goes wrong when we aren't respecting the evolution of our bodies? I mean, why are our arms this long? Why are our legs this long? And why shouldn't we be doing certain activities? So I'm gonna find experts in physical rehabilitation, experts in osteopathy, chiropractic, interview them and pull out that information from them to serve you as my listeners. We can also talk about what we eat, that what we eat turns into the physical matter of our body. You know, is there a perfect human diet? I don't know. What I do know is that every time I mention anything to do with not eating meat, the keto community gets very excited and, uh, and lets me know. And then whenever I mention something to do with eating meat, the vegan vegetarian community get very excited and let me know. So we're going to look into why do people polarize? Why is nutrition and what you eat such a, um, such a hot topic? And why do people feel like they can shove their nutritional beliefs down your proverbial throat? We're going to interview, or I'm actually going to interview Terry Walls. Uh, she is a clinical professor of medicine who has secondary progressive MS. MS is a condition, a neurological condition that gets worse and does not get better. But she managed to reverse the symptoms of MS. She still has it, but she reversed the symptoms of it so she can function normally in everyday life simply by changing her diet. And we're going to find out what diet that was. We're also going to look at physical activity. Physical activity builds the matter of the body. We're going to look at why we need to exercise, what happens when we don't exercise, 
what we as humans are capable of. For example, we're going to interview Erwin Lacour, the founder of MoveNat. MoveNat is a system of movement that respects our evolutionary heritage and doesn't have us strapped into machines and wiggling our toes and recording power outputs, but more gets us to be able to jump over things, to climb things, to run, to, to, to catch ourselves when we're jumping down and to carry things. We're going to talk to him about how he uh, evolved that system of movement and why it's crucial that we teach our kids how to move in this as naturally as possible so that they can prevent lots and lots and lots of orthopedic problems in the future. Now, under the sort of the bracket of matter and body, we're going to also look at sleep. Sleep is a huge topic at the moment. There is good research to say that we're chronically sleep deprived. There's also interesting research to say that actually as as humans, as we evolve, perhaps you wouldn't have slept as much as we think we'd sleep. So we're going to look at those two competing ideas and see if we can tease out what actually works for us in the middle. Are the screens a problem? Is jet lag a problem? Is the background noise a problem? Is the light pollution a problem? What is it that's, that's affecting our ability to sleep? But also, what are the consequences of sleeping? For example, I like to track my sleep with little apps. I have this thing here called a Whoop. And we're going to be looking at what these things can do. But one of the downsides of tracking the sleep is that you can actually believe the app over what you feel in, in your body. They did one study recently where they put people in the sleep chambers and they gave them five hours of sleep, but told them they had eight hours of sleep. They asked them then to do some tests, some cognitive tests, and they performed just like they had eight hours of sleep. Conversely, when they asked them to, when, they, when the people slept for eight hours, but they were told they had five hours, they did as poorly on the test as someone who only had five hours of sleep. So interestingly, what we're told by these apps can actually affect the way we perform. So we're going to look at that, the psychology behind that and how that happens. But that's matter. Then we've got mindset. So what is mindset? Well, we're going to look at purpose and mission, and especially in men middle-aged, like myself, when perhaps they have a health scare, perhaps they've come to a point in their career where they're not happy and the children have just grown that little bit older so they can take care of themselves. A lot of men have a midlife wobble, we can call it. And if they don't have a mission and a purpose, they don't know where they're going in life, they don't know what they're contributing to the human race, that can really, really weigh on them. And we know that alcohol abuse, tobacco abuse, mental health problems are generally... Um, generally more of a male thing than a female thing because men don't talk to other men about this and men don't usually have the tools and the support that, other, that the women have to support them through this. So we're going to look at purpose and mission, not just for men, for women as well, but we're going to look at purpose and mission. For example, I was once treating a man in his 50s who uh, damaged the ligaments in his knee and he damaged them by doing excessive squats in the gym. And I said to him, what, why are you doing these squats? He said, oh, I just have one thing in mind. I wanted to beat my 18-year-old son in a squat competition. I thought to myself, well, you know, as a short-term girl goal, that's, that's fair enough. But beating an 18-year-old when you're 50 plus is going to be hard. And it will probably lead to some sort of damage for the 50-year-old. Then I asked him, I said, what do you want to be like when you're 18? He says, oh, I want to be mobile and strong. And I want you to be healthy and play with my grandchildren. So if we reverse engineer that, would 
a squat competition when you're 50 be the right way to be a mobile, healthy 80-year-old? Probably not. And so with him, we actually came up with a new way of exercising and a new plan and a new mission to keep him mobile, strong, and getting ready for his older age. So on the tradition, we're also going to look at why do people uh, take toxic substances? What does alcohol do to the body? What does tobacco do to the body? What does sugar do to the body? What does mold do to the body? And why are these things important? Why should we, ignore, uh, why should we not ignore them? Because we really want to tease out what it is that can keep us healthy, keep this human body healthy for as long as it can be, to add what we call lifespan into, sorry, health span into the lifespan. And what that means is we might live to we're 100 and something, but what if we're, we have Alzheimer's? What if we have dementia? What if we have congestive heart failure, diabetes, all these things from the age of 80? Then those last 10, 20, 30 years are not going to be particularly enjoyable. And so the lifespan might be long, but the enjoyment within that health span, how long you're healthy for, is going to be shorter. We're also going to look at uh, things like metabolism. So, for example, the University of North Carolina did a fascinating study a few years ago where they found that only 12% uh, of Americans are metabolically healthy. And that means that the remainder either had elevated um, cholesterol levels, elevated blood pressure, a bad body, uh, elevated body mass, in, uh, body mass index means they're overweight, uh, um, a ratio between their circumference of their belly and their hips was off. And so essentially, these people are headed on a pathway, a metabolic pathway towards prediabetes and diabetes. And only 12% of Americans weren't. And that's a crazy, crazy statistic to think about. So then that ties into, well, why is that? Why are we eating things badly? Why aren't we doing the things we're meant to be doing? And so we're going to look at uh, mojo. We're going to look at things like spirituality. We're going to look at stress management. We're going to look at relationships. There's a study out of Harvard, actually an ongoing study. It's been going for 80 years that shows if you want to be healthy in your 80s. Um, so I'll just back up a little bit. This study has actually followed people for their entire lives. And so these people are in their late 80s to 90s now. And what they've done is they've said, well, look, here is a, a healthy 80-year-old. What were they doing when they were 40 or 50 years old? Was it, their, was it their cholesterol levels? Was it their body mass index? Was it their job? Was it what they ate or drank? But it turns out one of the most important things to a healthy 80-year-old is when you're 40 or 50 is to have a high-quality primary relationship. So with these people, they happen to be male. And it was their primary relationship was usually their wife. If, if they got on well with their wife, they had a good relationship. Doesn't mean they can't argue. Doesn't mean they can't bicker. But if they know that person has their back, when the chips are down, that you're 100% supportive. It turns out that is a decrease in stress. And that decrease in stress goes through the whole of their lives right up till they're 80. It helps them add that health span to their lifespan. We'll look at tools like Wim Hof. Uh, Wim Hof is a, a, a Dutch endurance athlete who's developed the Wim Hof method for breathing. And that can actually help you decrease stressing by temporarily increasing stress, which is an interesting phenomenon. You can do that with breath work and cold exposure. We'll get deep into that. We'll also look at um, where I mentioned spirituality. So, you know, my journey on spirituality was I was raised Catholic, went to a Catholic boarding school, interestingly, very heavy on the religion. 
and then didn't really gel with me, couldn't quite understand all the ins and outs of uh, bapti bapti uh, baptism, confirmation, purgatory, limbo, heaven, hell. It all sounded a little bit too complicated. And so I've personally found um, a, a spiritual practice that works for me. And we're going to tease that out of my guests as well, find out what else is out there. Is there something that, that works for you, an understanding of the universe, and see if there's many commonalities between modern religions and ancient practices as well. So some of my guests coming up are Owen LaCour, like I mentioned, Dr. Terry Walls. We also have Mike Dorian from Living Soil Solutions. He is an advocate of looking after the soil because the soil takes care of the plants and the plants take care of us or the plants take care of the animals, the animals take care of us. So if we go right back down in the food chain, what is the most important thing to actually look after? What should we, we be, in inverted commas, farming or conserving? Well, that is the soil. And Mike Doran has a really interesting um, way of looking at that. And he also mentioned this, this, this little uh, piece of tech that's going to be coming out, which is a sampler that you can put into fruit or vegetables, and it will actually give you the vitamin and mineral breakdowns of what's in those vegetables. So when you look at the, the back of a packet, for example, some fro frozen fruit and veg, it says they have this much iron and this much, um, uh, th well, this many minerals in it. Those, those measurements were taken many, many years ago, and they're reproduced um, going forward. However, what's actually in that packet could be different. And this little uh, device that's coming out into the mass market very soon will allow you to measure the nutritional content of your food in real time. So you can go to the farmer's market and you could say, okay, farmer, that's an organic um, carrot or whatever it is. You know, you've, you've grown it the best, best way. Let's just check, see how much nutrients are there in there. And uh, Mike reveals on that particular podcast that the difference between one carrot and another carrot can be 200 times. So the most nutritious carrot is 200 times more nutritious than the least nutritious carrot, which is, again, mind-blowing. We're also going to talk to people who specialize in sleep, and one particular guy, Christian Smith, who actually left the, the normal sleep um, bed manufacturing industry to become a bespoke bed maker because of the off-gassing and the chemicals and the poisons that actually come out of conventionally made mattresses and can damage our health while we're sleeping. So we're going to learn all about that. You know, the goal of this podcast is to educate you, to give you information so that you can make better health decisions. And what I'm hoping is that if you make a better health decision, that will trickle out to your immediate family, and then that will trickle out to your community, whether that's at work or in the community you live in. You know, there's a phrase that says, a happy wife, happy life. Well, it's kind of like that, or if daddy ain't happy, no one ain't happy. It's like that as well. It's like, if we can get you, the listener of this podcast, the watcher of this video, to be happier, to be healthier, then that has a massive concentric circles going out into the community. And I am part of that. And that's what motivates me. That's what gets me out of bed in the morning, that I can share this stuff with you, that I get to interview these experts, and that I get to spread this knowledge around the world, making you healthier, happier, maybe adding health span to your lifespan, but also influencing your families and immediate communities. So I'm excited for this to, for this to, to launch. I'm excited for you guys to listen. 
I would love it if you could subscribe to the podcast when it comes out. If you're listening to this on YouTube, subscribe here. If you're listening to this uh, elsewhere, make sure you subscribe. You always ask me questions directly if you want. You can leave comments, but also you can just DM me whenever you want. And lastly, this podcast is actually being sponsored by Regency for Expats. Now, Regency for Expats is an insurance company that is forward thinking. It has unlimited benefits for counseling, for mental health, for nutrition, and for fitness. And so this expat insurance company is looking after people like me who are no longer in their uh, country of origin, but are living as expatriates. But it's also trying to take care of our health preemptively so that we don't fall foul of common lifestyle diseases that can be prevented. And I think that's fascinating. That's a great approach from an insurance company. I'm so happy that they're on board with me here. So you want to find out more, check out regencyforexpats.com and you can learn about their insurance packages and see if they would suit you.